All right. So after two weeks of delays and not being on time. And a good nap. And not getting things done in a proper manner like we should. Today, we are mostly back on track. Um, I would love to say that we didn't have a topic like we did last week. We just had a real fun show. I've got some great comments about that. Um, but we prepared. Yes, we're prepared. Womp So, um, I guess we're going to do our little warning, and then we're going to get in it. So, here we go. This podcast may not be suitable for children. If you are easily offended or bothered by strong language or dark humor, this may not be the podcast for you. This podcast accepts no responsibility for butthurt feelings or erections lasting longer than four hours. Thank you. And welcome to What the Was That? I'm your host, Dwayne. And I'm your other host, Jill. Yay, we're back. on, And it's Wednesday? Late? No, it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. So we're actually going to get maybe published on time. Yay. Mm, don't curse the board like that. I, I have faith in my board. <laughs> now. Actually, I don't. I still have very little faith. <laughs> But it's going to work. It is. It is. We're going to do this. Y'all are going to get a show tomorrow. It's going to be good. Absolutely. And there it was. How'd y'all like it? Yep. That's how we roll. (laughs) That's how we make sure we get things out on time. Keep it short and sweet. So we've had comments about last week's show? Well, we had one comment. It was text to me from our friend uh, Jennifer Bowman. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I will give you a quick conversation here that we had this morning. Bright and early. I think it was like 7 o'clock. Because she was leaving work and I wasn't at work yet. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't late, late. I was just. It was on time late. for him. Yeah. Schedule says 6 and you get there at 7.05. Or 15. <laughs> so it says, hey, I tried to find Cosmo's YouTube stuff and I can't find it. I replied with a link that Jill sent me. She says, thank you. I said, well, what do you think about the show? Funny as hell. We are. I like it it. unedited. It was great if it wasn't edited. I said, well, it wasn't edited by no means. We ain't got time for that shit. She said, "Uh, I didn't like it. I loved it. So, a little shout out to Bowman. Thank you. So, we may do some more unprepared off the seat of our pants shows. Our cat's trying to climb bookshelves. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm leaving that in, too. Yeah. Cat's trying to, to climb up into the show. So, we have a topic tonight. We do. Because we watched a movie. And it was a good movie. And a YouTube thing. And um, the movie, oddly enough, was relatively close to actual events. And we didn't think it was until I started researching. Right. And there was a couple of... One thing I told you, that's how they correlated it with it. Um, which was great use of history. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. So do we want to tell them what our first topic is, or do you want to go with the other one? Um, I mean, I figured we'd just do it in the order that I've got the notes. Sounds good to me. So 
So do you want notes or you want to just be color commentary? I'll do color commentary. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick trip to one of the most famous houses in the haunted world. And you may or may not know it, but it is the Winchester House. And yes, it is the Winchester that made all men equal. No, that was Colt, sorry. Um, Colt 45 and two zigzags. There it is. But uh, it was the rifle company. The um, the Winchester Repeating Arms. Yes, that is the the widow of, what was his name? I'll get there. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> she started building this house. And guys... Crazy. So, um, when when we refer to the Winchester Mystery House, it is the the home of Sarah Winchester. Now, she was born Sarah Lockwood Pardee, and she married William Winchester on September thirtieth, eighteen sixty two. William, that's his name. Yes, William was the heir to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, and he was the sole heir. His dad. Owned the company, started the company, and he was the only churn. So, it was all coming to him. And boy, was it. So, Sarah and William, they only had one child, and that was Annie Pardee Winchester. She was born on July 12, 1866. Unfortunately, she died at five and a half weeks old. And it said that she died from marasmus. What Which, is marasmus? Well, it san- sounded familiar to me, and I was like, what kind of childhood disease is this? But marasmus is severe malnutrition. They starved her to death? I don't think so. She probably had something wrong with her. Yeah. Today, that would probably be a failure to thrive diagnosis, which could be due to them starving her to death or giving her the wrong food or not enough of it or whatever, but it could be she, she had could, a digestive it, problem. It could be simple as lactose intolerant. Right, and she just threw up everything they gave her and they didn't know why. Right. But that's basically, she starved to death. Well, that makes it even worse. Yeah. So, in 1880, William Winchester's father died, leaving the company to William. William was already seriously ill himself. Three months later, in 1881, William Winchester died of tuberculosis. So he died three months after his dad. Uh-huh. And wow. he was only 43 years old. But tuberculosis, it don't care what age. No. And I guess Sarah didn't have tuberculosis, which was weird because she so, was in the house with him. But. So would you think that tuberculosis was like the early version of the COVID? Probably. It was their version. I mean, it was their plague of their time. <laughs> I know. Now I think the COVID's just an excuse. Um, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> okay. So, um, because they had no children, there were no siblings of William, Sarah inherited the company, which at this point was open on the stock market. So she inherited about 50% of the company. Yeah, like, wasn't it 51 shares? She was yeah, the major shareholder. Yeah, usually the the people that created the company keep a majority share but only just a majority share so probably like 51 percent yeah um having 50 percent of the stock in the company gave her a continuous income of one thousand dollars a day which sounds like a lot to me even now but back in 1881 
if you converted it to today's dollars, $33,000. $26,000 a day. That's a lot of money. Well, I told you that that she paid her people really good, and mm-hmm. I think it was only like a dollar a day. Yeah. I mean, mucho, mucho money coming her way. Yes. So, in her grief, because um, I guess... We we go from 1866, her her baby dies. I guess she never gets over it in 1881. And I said that really blasé, but I didn't mean like you should just get over the death of your child. But that's several years on. You should at least have not still be actively mourning daily, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I'm mourning daily, every day. Not that kind of mourning. Oh, okay. My bad. Bad joke. But in her grief, Sarah went to see a medium, like a psychic medium, communicates with the dead kind of person. And they claimed to have channeled William Winchester. And I say claimed. I do believe there are actual mediums that can communicate with the dead. Yes. I do believe there are a bunch of phonies that just sit there and make a bunch of noise and say a bunch of random stuff and make things up and basically, like, steal people's money. Right. So, um, I don't know if this was a legit medium or not. Now, this medium claimed to have channeled William Winchester. Through the medium, William told Sarah to leave New Haven, Connecticut, where she was living, and move out west to California. And when she got to California, he said she needed to build a home for the spirits of the people who had been killed by Winchester rifles, or she would be haunted by them for the rest of her life. And, you know, thinking about that, that would be a very strange thing for a medium to just make up. Right. I mean, that's very odd that Mm -hmm. she would say that. But what seems weird to me, and, and there's a couple other possible stories that I'll get into, too, but why would they just come after Sarah? If they weren't already haunting his dad, and they weren't already haunting him and Sarah together, like, why does she have to go build this place and not to not be haunted? Right. But also, there was only a three-month gap there, so it could have been coming anyhow, and nobody knew it. Right. Um, others say the medium never said this, and that Sarah continued building on the home as a way to keep people in the area employed and to deal with the grief of losing her daughter and her husband. Basically, I have nobody, but I have all this money, so I'm going to employ the people of this town. Makes sense. Um, There is another story that through the medium, William told Sarah that his and their baby's deaths were due to the blood money that the family had made from the rifles. And so she needed to build this house for the spirits of people that were killed by them. Which, that kind of ties in more with the movie. Yeah. Um, so we really don't know what the medium said or what the reason was. Of course, there was yet another theory that maybe she was just crazy. It's always a possibility. Yeah. So in 1884, it took her a little while to get moving on this. Sarah purchased a small eight-room unfinished farmhouse, which is where what we know as the Winchester Mystery House remains today at 525 South Winchester Boulevard, San Jose, California. 
Hey, Jose. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing it wasn't Winchester Boulevard before. Oh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. She was there, but <laughs> and construction began on the home in eighteen eighty six. So there's like a five year gap from when she was supposedly told this and when she starts building. So I of course it takes time to move across the country in those days too, I guess. Yeah. Um and to start the planning of it. Yeah. Now, the medium had warned Sarah that construction on the house could never stop. And, quote, said, If you continue building, you will live. Stop and you will die. So, construction was done around the clock by a crew that split shifts so that they could work 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year. And they did this for 38 years. Wow. Construction stopped on September 5th, 1922. When Sarah died in her sleep in the home due to heart failure. When workers learned that she had passed away, they reportedly stopped so abruptly that they left half hammered nails sticking out of the walls. They just, oh, she did, and they just put their tools down and left. Right, that's sad. <laughs> I guess they figured, well, ain't nobody paying us no more. So well, Somebody would have paid them, I, I think. I don't know. So, there was no architect overseeing the design of the home. Sarah created this, and there was no overall master plan for the house. She would meet with the the builders, the foreman or whatever, and she created these plans, and they did it. Pretty much just sketched out a a rough draft of what she wanted. Right. Now, she was no architect. Nope. Um, So, it, it created some weird things in this building um there were trap doors secret passages there was a skylight in the floor staircases that led to nowhere doors that opened to blank walls and one door on the second floor that when you opened it you could literally fall out of the house you didn't want to walk through that door and imagine there were no signs either probably not um now what seems Stuff I didn't write down, too, is, like, there would be rooms that she would just decide to build a room around. So you'd have windows that looked out into a room, another room. <laughs> that, that would be definitely odd. Yeah. Um, now, the, the movie, kind of, for the sake of making it a spooky movie, right. kind of explained all this. And do you want to kind of go into that? I didn't well, write that stuff down. I don't so. remember what it's called, but it's like the ghosts were channeling through her and drawing it, using her to draw the room. Automatic drawing. Oh yeah, automatic drawing. And what it what the what the plot of the movie, I guess, is. Spoiler alert. <laughs> is she was recreating the rooms that they had died in. And once the room was complete, the spirit could come in and finish its unfinished business and then pass on. And once that happened, she would tear the room down and start again. Now, if it didn't pass on, she would lock it, put a board over the door with 13 nails because she believed that that trapped the spirit in. And so this was her way, basically, of trying to help the people pass over that that her had been murdered by her legacy, basically. Right. Um, and so that that's just one 
theory, you know, per the movie of right. why she would build all these rooms. Um, it was a good movie. and a Very good movie. Actually, it was filmed in the house. So, you know, that one staircase they kept going to that went, went up into the ceiling? The ceiling and that's, that's in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, some theorize that Sarah was building the house as a giant puzzle inspired by the work of English philosopher Francis Bacon, and it had nothing to do with ghosts. I don't believe that. So, um, others have said that Sarah was a member of the Rosicrucians or the Freemasons or both, and that the meaning of the house is hidden in symbols in the ballroom, Shakespeare windows, and the iron gates. That that sounds a bit far-fetched, but it's possible. Yeah, I mean... I don't know what mystery she was coding. Right. Unless there was, I mean, there was two basements in this house, so maybe they performed things there. And there, I mean, there may be things still hidden in that house that they haven't discovered. Oh, absolutely. Um, this house made it at one point to be seven stories tall. Seven stories tall. And I, I think that that was actually like a um, a tower. Yeah, there, there was a tower. It was mainly six Five or six tall. Yeah. But there was one tower that went up to seven stories right. tall. And that's how they acquired seven stories. But in 1906, the Great San Francisco earthquake happened. And the top three floors were destroyed. They cleaned them off, tore them down, all that stuff, and they were never rebuilt. And that was, now, so that leaves it at a four-story? Yeah, I think so. Now, Sarah was in the house when this happened, and she was actually trapped in one of the bedrooms and had to be dug out, like rubble blocked the doorway, and they had to dig her out, but she was okay. That was portrayed in the movie as well? Yes, but not as an earthquake. Right. Now, when we watched this part, you know, that's what I told Jill, that they're they're saying it was a very strong... Spirit. Spirit. But... That's how they were tying it into the the truth of the matter was it acted like an earthquake and the house shook and fell down. Right. But that's, you know, when I told her, I said, well, an earthquake actually happened. And that's why the house is only four stories instead of seven now. But it worked for the movie for them to make it a spooky thing. Right. So, the Winchester Mystery House. You want to know what all's in this place? Uh, enlighten me. All right. There's 950 doors. Holy crap. 10,000 windows. Some of those, remember, look into the inside of the house. Yes. 40 stairways, some of them that lead to nowhere. Now, are you going to talk about the height of the stairs? I did not write down the height of the stairs, so if you would like to talk about that. Um, the stairs were, you know, I think your standard stairs six inches tall. Something about. I think. And these... Where normally it would take like one set of stairs to go to the second story, these stairs were made only four inches tall, and they would literally follow the wall around and go up because Sarah had arthritis, and this made the the trip up the stairs easier for her. And it would kind of, you can see in the movie, because it was filmed in the house, that they kind of wind back and forth like a... Like a maze. Right. The stairs, they're not like a spiral staircase. They're more like a 
rectangular. Right. You you go up one, hit the landing, go up the next one, hit the landing, and if you look over the the edge, you can see the one you just came up. Right. It's it's really just like a, a not far from being a ramp. Yes. Basically, that had that winds up in the house. So there's 47 fireplaces. Um, many of these, I think I read, don't have chimneys to them and don't actually, like they'd be in interior rooms and yeah. just for looks. Um, six kitchens, 13 bathrooms, three elevators. And now you had mentioned when we were watching this movie that this home was very high-tech for its day, and you yeah. didn't really remember the details of that. Right. I know it had, I want to say, the first indoor plumbing. Well, it had an indoor shower. Yeah, maybe that's Which was a was. big deal. And, and it had a sewage drainage system. Right. Which was a big deal. And uh, it had an, an, an intercom-type setup with uh, tubes that went to each room that you could, you know, talk through back and forth. It had wool insulation, so it would keep the temperature regulated. Regulated. It had carbide gas lights. I don't know what those are. And it had electricity. I want to say carbide gas lights is... Um, oh, I just watched a video on this where it was a, a miner's lamp that you put oil and as it dripped onto a onto the carbide it released uh, acetylene gas and that's what burned to make the, the light okay so kind of a more efficient where you didn't have to go around fueling right. everything and lighting stuff right like, and yeah you could take and set the drip of the the oil or actually i'm sorry it was water it wasn't oil it was water water hitting the carbide creates acetylene gas and that's what would do oh. it. So you adjust the drip of the water. So you just had to pour water in it to refill it. You don't have to. Right. That's cool. Now, you mentioned earlier um, about in the movie, if a spirit didn't cross over, that she would nail it shut with 13 nails. Mm. Well, the real Sarah Winchester was obsessed with the number 13. Oh, we could be friends. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not but, obsessed, though. Nobody knew why she was obsessed with the number 13. But the home has many 13-paned windows, which seems odd to have an odd number. Like, you'd have to have a big one across the top or the bottom or something. Or down the side or in the middle. Um, There were many rooms or hallways that would have 13 panels in the ceiling. Um, There would be stairways that had 13 steps. The 13th bathroom in the home had 13 windows. That's weird. Not a very private bathroom, apparently. Not at all. Um, And her will had 13 parts, and she signed it 13 times. Hmm. Which, by the way, I know she didn't have any kids, but she did have a niece. Is 13 a divine number? Is that what she said? That's what she said in the movie, but I don't know if it is or not. I think there was a... I watched a YouTube video about how 13 tied in with the Bible, and it was actually a lot of biblical reference and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but the, the niece, I think, is actually who was portrayed in the movie. There was no mention of her having a son or anybody like him being possessed or anything like that, but um, her niece is the one who actually inherited the estate 
And after Sarah passed away, she... You're basic- very, very monotone right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I just noticed I'll that. I'll try to add more inflection. Thank you. <laughs> um, but when Sarah passed away, her niece basically took all of the furniture and furnishings and stuff out of the house and auctioned them off, kept what she wanted, that kind of stuff, and then sold the house. Why would you do that? I don't know. Why would you sell something that meant that much to your grandmother? Her aunt. Aunt. Whoever. Maybe it creeped her out, or maybe she thought Sarah was crazy and didn't want any part of it. Or maybe, what the hell am I supposed to do with a house that has rooms and staircases that go to nowhere? And <laughs> Or she could think like me and go, how the hell am I going to heat and cool this son bitch? Yeah. Well, she did also inherit the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. So. Oh, so she getting like 27 grand a day, so <laughs> heating and cooling my ass. Yeah. Um but she sold it, and the people that bought it actually, like, refurnished it with period pieces, not Actual, the original yeah. stuff, but stuff that would have been from that time period. And it's now open for tours to the public. Well, I don't know about right now because of COVID, but <laughs> when when you, we're not in the corona apocalypse, um, you can actually take tours. Can we refer to this as the presidential corona? The presidential corona? Yeah, because once the president, the election's over, it's going to go away. I mean, I don't feel like it's the president's fault, though. It's not. I'm I not feel like it's, it's the president's fault. I'm just saying they're making it a big deal until the president either so stays in office let's or. Let's call it Electorona. 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 Um, now, since we're a spooky show, I did try to look up a little bit about this place being haunted because. I mean, supposedly, that's why she built this house, was all these spirits were going to come for. So you would think, oh, this place is hella haunted. It should be. Especially yep. if those doors are still nailed shut. I didn't find much. And I don't know that the doors nailed I think that was for the movie. Oh, okay. Um, now, people do report seeing an apparition with dark hair, wearing overalls, pushing a wheelbarrow on the grounds. It's believed that that is Clyde who was one of the workers who did construction on the house. So before you get too deep into this, Mm -hmm. um, right before we started recording, while I was outside talking to Sterling, I noticed a shadow person walk across from behind Phillip's truck Mm -hmm. out to the road. Phillip's wrecked truck? No, no, Phillip's Jeep. Jeep. Hmm. Like just walked out. And I noticed it, and I didn't look over instantly because I kind of knew what it was. And if you look over right at it, it goes away. So I watched it until it got to the road, then I looked, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I've never seen one outside. Yeah. So that was a first. Okay, back to <laughs> the Winchester Back house. to not our creepies. Um, they actually have a picture uh, on the Winchester Mystery House site that I saved that I will try to remember to post on the Facebook page of a group of workers and have one pointed out as Clyde. I don't I didn't read anything about any of the workers dying on the site. So I don't know why Clyde would be hanging around. But several people have reported seeing this guy in the white overalls pushing the wheelbarrow. You may just like it there. I mean yeah. nobody's died here. Yeah, true. Um 
there is a secret door in the ballroom that opens, revealing what looks like a plaster wall. This opens, revealing a big safe. You open the safe, and inside, a smaller safe. (laughs) A little safe. Yeah, so you got this super protected safe. You would think, oh my gosh, this is where all the good shit was hid. All the valuables. Yeah, the super fanciest of the fanciest. All the jewels. Yeah. So they opened it after they discovered it years after Sarah had died. Oh, come on, big money. Inside, there were three things. A copy of William's obituary, a copy of Annie's obituary, and a lock of the baby's hair. Hmm. So those are, I mean, her most important treasures, apparently. Oh, yes, and I can see that. But it does kind of lend a little bit to the she crazy. Or she's just crazy in her grief. Well, a lot I mean, of things. it happens. I mean, I could tell you stories, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, the home, like I said, it's been open for public tours, and some people have claimed to see the ghost of Sarah Winchester. I'm assuming they're just assuming it's her, but um, there was the one room that she had been in in the earthquake when they dug her out of it she had them seal it shut she didn't want to be in there anymore now did she seal it shut like the way it was all crumpled and destroyed i don't know that it was destroyed rubble had just blocked her in okay because now they have since opened it just so you could see where she was and so you can actually go in there and it's i mean from the picture i saw it's a very nicely decorated nice room now they may have refurbished it and made it safe again um but it was after they opened that sealed room that people started reporting seeing sarah and like one of the stories i read was that during a tour they went in there and the tour guide heard like a really loud like in the hallway so like a huffy like let's get this show on the road kind of sigh right and so she stepped out to see who wasn't sticking with the group like they were supposed to right and saw a shadow moving down the hallway go again and then disappear so it could possibly that Sarah's just irritated that she's having to leave that room. Yeah, like she had that room, so she, that was her private escape, and now they've violated it, and they're taking tours in there. Huh. <laughs> and so she gets pissy when she's like, oh, God, they're here again. Do you think she would get mad if you asked if, she, if you could come in? I don't know. be a good theory. Test it out. Because most times if you ask, they're pretty... Yeah, and like, we're not here to disturb you. Well, it was, it was like the, the, the little baby down at, or the kid at the dead children's playground when mm-hmm. we went. Yeah. When we disturbed them out of the swing, and I'm like, sorry, our bad. You can get back in. Right. Well, when we first got there, we announced that we weren't there to pester nobody. We were just there to hang out and and see what, what this is all about. Yeah. And boy, did they show us. Now, um, the other haunting things about this house are just random things like people have heard footsteps banging doors mysterious voices windows that bang so hard they shatter cold spots in the house moving lights and doorknobs that turn by themselves um so just kind of typical 
spooky haunting stories. Um, now, I didn't write this down because the couple of articles that I was going by didn't go over it. But I remember when I first looked up the Winchester Mystery House, it talked about the workers experiencing weird things in the home where, like, they'd go measure flooring or something, and then they'd take it up to the room, and it wouldn't fit. That the dimensions of the room would seem to change on its own. I want to say that's a different house. Is it? I think it's, yeah, I think that's a different house. Okay. I didn't find anything, in, and I looked at several different articles to pull this from, so it may be a different house, but... Because it was to, one that was, um, there was a lot of poltergeist experience go, or things going on the there. The rooms would change shape and yeah. stuff. And, okay, yeah. that we, may be a different we've one. We've actually talked about it on a prior show. Okay, so disregard. Yeah, scratch that. <laughs> um, I got tickled just a second ago because I got a notification. I posted a picture of my kids when they was tea tiny on the Facebook because it popped up as a memory. And my oldest is 23. Mm-hmm. And my youngest is 13. And I would say in this picture, they were probably four. It says 11 years ago. So there it is. Y'all do the math. Yeah. So 12 and two or three. She looks awfully big for two or three. Well, it says 11 years ago. So she would have been, I mean, she's about to turn 14. So she yes. would have been three. Yeah. So my mom <laughs> posted, who are those little midgets? Time passes too fast. (laughs) (laughs) And I got a kick out of that because I always say I come from a band of merry midgets because we are not tall. No, no one in the family is tall. But (laughs) to hear my mom say it, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I look at that picture and your oldest, I mean, she looks different, but she's not really grown much. (laughs) No, the biggest difference is she doesn't have braces yet. Yeah. Well, actually, she may have. She probably did because she had him for 35 years and she's only 23. Yeah, she got braces. Never mind. Yeah, she was born with them. <laughs> Poor kid. She got that from me. <laughs> and I joke. She knows I joke about that stuff. So, All right, so we didn't figure the Winchester house would take up a whole show worth. And it didn't. It didn't. Look at that. Um, But we watched some other things and we just happened to be watching random YouTube, YouTube stuff, and he put on this video about Heart Island, New York, which is the island of the dead. Now, and also, we have friends and family close to New York, right. so that always, anytime something close to that area will spark my attention, I want to see what's, what's up. Right, and watching this video, like, I don't know, it hooked me. I want to go here. Like, I feel like I need, I have to go here. I don't know why it really creeps me out that I feel that way. Like, I'm not obsessed over it. I don't wake up thinking about it, that kind of stuff. I bet she does in the morning. But I don't. I mean, in the morning when you wake up, you will think about it. Oh, tomorrow I probably will, yeah. Yes. Um, But when I do think about this place, I'm like, I need to go. How do I go there? Because they don't let people go. Yeah, you cannot get on this island. So, y'all can say weird things, crazy things about me, but... This island's calling me for some reason. Well, and the the thing is, is it we should be able to go to this island because mm-hmm. it is taxpayer funded. Yeah, it's the largest taxpayer funded cemetery in the world. 
But it's also not well kept and I don't think very sanitary. And I no. think that's why they don't let people in and it's got dangerous falling apart buildings and all that stuff. So I think it's a liability risk. I would just like to fly my drone over it. I want to go explore every inch. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a cool island, I ain't yeah. gonna lie. This, if they ever open it to the public, I am there. Like no ifs, ands or buts. I guess Regina and Tammy can pick us up at the airport. Oh, Tammy's gonna come with us. <laughs> and we I'm pretty sure flights Newark's not well, it depends on when you're going. But anywho, let's yeah, talk about sorry. this island. <laughs> let's talk get into the meat of the potatoes <laughs> of this. So, um I guess we should probably post the link of the video because basically we watched the video and I wrote down everything they said. Not quite. <laughs> But so, it was was very uh, interesting, and we will post a link to the video. Um, yes, I would give credit right now, but I don't remember who posted the video. Um, but I took notes from only this video, so they're, I feel like we should give them a shout-out. Um, while Dwayne looks that up, I'm going to start in a little bit. Um, this island is only 130 acres, and it's just off of Long Island. Like I said, it's inaccessible to the general public. It has been home to a jail, a mental asylum, a hospital, a prisoner of war camp. Um, It housed famine victims, victims of pandemics. It had a homeless shelter, rehab facilities. Like, it's, it's had all of the not great stuff <laughs> happen on it. Damn, we watched a lot of shit. Yeah, I think I fell asleep. There it is. Yeah. I fell asleep the other day watching stuff. So No, that's no, not that's it. That's not it. It's right here. It's this one. Yes. Um, it says New York City's Island of the Dead, but I think why this tiny something, we'll post it and we'll put a link in the show notes. Because um, I can't, it's not. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Why this tiny island. Um. Can you see more info on it without it playing through our stuff? Uh, I've got it turned okay. down. So it's, it's why this tiny island in New York is inaccessible to most people, and it's by the page Side Note, S-I-D-E-N-O-T-E. We will get a link. Yeah, so it's it's a very cool video, and it takes you over all of the stuff that we're going to talk about and flies you over it, so... Yeah, a lot of great drone work in this, too. Yes, so go definitely check it out because I ripped all their stuff off. (laughs) No, she didn't rip it (laughs) off. I took notes because they presented valuable information. Yes. Um, We are giving credit right now. Yes. And the link is, boom, see, there's the link. So, you know who is on this island? Um... I know exactly how many who's are on this island, but... One million unknown, unnamed dead bodies. Correct. That is who is on this island. That is what this is used for. Uh, if In New York City, who, which is the largest populace in the states... And I don't think just New York City. I think any of the surrounding areas. But, the you know, New York's known for having a huge homeless rate. Right. And when the homeless die, there's nobody to claim the body. So this is where they bury all the unknowns. Right. The Any of the bodies the state has, has to assume responsibility for because right. they're unclaimed. This is where they get buried. Right. They now have had to reopen the mass graves because there actually is just where you can choose to be buried there. 
Um, but they've had to reopen doing mass graves because of the coronavirus. Right. The ones who are not being claimed to have been. Right. And so I don't want you to think like they're not just burying everybody that dies of coronavirus in that area on that island. It's just the ones who have no family that claims them. So at least you get buried. But right. it's it's not a great it, procession. We'll talk about the house in a little bit. And to be honest with you. If I was going to be buried, which I'm going to make this public, I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated. I'm going to set him on fire in the backyard. Um, you'll go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I was going to be buried, this is how I want to be buried. They use... Uh, it's way further down. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I will stop. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into that later. But they, they do it very cost effectively. Yes, and I'm all about not spending any insurance <laughs> money. So... Um, I mentioned it, it was a prisoner of war camp, and that was for the Civil War. It housed 3,400 prisoners of war, and over 200 died while they were in that camp. So there's checkbox number one for who may be haunting this place. Um, in 1870, the Yellow Fever Quarantine Station was on this island. So people that were coming... Across, Over on boats. Across the, the ocean who right. were immigrating in. They had to quarantine on this island before they were released into the rest of the country. population. To make sure they didn't have yellow fever. Those who showed symptoms were treated at a hospital on the island. Yep. And if they died, they were buried there. In 1885, it had a mental asylum for women and a ward for TB patients. Hmm. So we know, I mean, TB, it killed a whole bunch of people because that's why Waverly's so haunted. So Right, and apparently there were a lot of um, TB wards scattered out through because apparently mm-hmm. it was, wet, you know, and I honestly, I guess my, my mind just didn't comprehend what a huge deal that was because I just think about Waverly. Right. But, uh, you know, it was It huge. was everywhere. Yeah, and... They, I'm, I'm, we're seeing all kinds of little wards pop up on some of the videos that we, we watch. So. Well, and um, William Winchester, he died of tuberculosis. Right. So it it was a big deal. It was like Collection of Rona. <laughs> so, um, and so there's some more things. I mean, we've got a mental asylum and a TB ward where people, I mean, mental asylums are always haunted, right? Right. Um. Four of the patients escaped from the mental asylum, and the Supreme Court came in and did an investigation and found it to be unfit, so that got closed up. It's also had a boys' camp reformatory and a prison, which I'm assuming the boys' camp is like a juvenile facility, boot camp kind of thing. Um, this one was interesting. In 1924... Solomon Riley bought a piece of land on the island. Oh, yes. that This is interesting. He wanted to make an amusement park. He was going to call it Paradise Park. And he was building it for African Americans who weren't allowed to go to the other amusement parks in New York. Mm-hmm. And he was an African American himself. And apparently a, a well-to-do one. Right. So he, I mean, I didn't write down all the details of what he had, but he had like 60-something Steamboats. He bought 60 steamboats to transport the people to to and and from from his amusement park. 
Well, apparently, and y'all can draw your own conclusions like we did, but the government seized the land saying they weren't willing to have an amusement park in close proximity to a jail and a hospital that were still on the island. Yeah, I'm calling BS. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's jails and hospitals everywhere and probably close to amusement parks somewhere. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah, draw your own conclusions, folks. Um, After World War II... um, It had a prison there and was also a homeless shelter holding 2,000 people. Now, they say homeless shelter, and then other things that we watched said it housed the soldiers that returned from war because they were homeless, apparently. Like, thank you, government, for taking care of our veterans. (laughs) We're going to stick you on the island with lots of dead people, and (laughs) if you die here, we'll throw you in a hole. (laughs) That's your consolation prize. Yeah. Um, It housed a rehab center for alcoholics. Later, it had other prisons and a drug rehab facility. By the end of the 1950s, there were 500,000 unknown, unclaimed dead bodies buried there. By the end of the 2010s, that number had reached over a million. 2010s, over a million people. Yep. Starting in 1985, they began burying AIDS victims there. And I don't know that it was, that was just unknown, unclaimed. I think they buried anybody there that died of AIDS because they were afraid. Yeah, because there were some markers on the video. Right. And they, they, they buried them so far apart. And they said they did that out of fear of <laughs> contamination of other bodies and surrounding areas the fuck a dead person gonna catch <laughs> right like <laughs> oh we don't want old deceased unknown person to catch the aids from this dead body is it gonna come up out of the ground and be a zombie because it was buried next to someone that died people were really oh, ignorant hell, it, might, <laughs> it may seep into the water um God, yeah they were not real smart <laughs> So, because they started burying them so far apart because of that, the public graveyard then took over the whole island, making it uninhabitable. So, by 1977, it was a ghost town. So, we've got all these the cemeteries basically everywhere. No, no longer can they have a hospital or a prison or anything else like that on there. There's about 1,500 people buried there every year. More, obviously, in times of quick deaths i guess like rapid succession like corona well they you know they said they were letting the um the inmates from rikers come down and dig the trenches and put the bodies in and am i stepping on your toes doing this um give me just a second okay i'm sorry (laughs) um Like you mentioned, it was the largest tax-funded cemetery in the country. Fairies bring bodies there twice a week. And so, and that's still, I guess, what they're doing twice a week, fairies come. But also on the fairies are inmates from Rikers, who are paid 50 cents an hour. To dig and and stack stack the bodies. But you're right. I mean, to stack the bodies. Did you want to... 
talk more about that, about how they were buried? And I um, mean, I've got notes to jump in if you forget yeah. specifics. So they, they literally dig a trench and they will stack bodies three high, a hundred long. 150 long. 150 long. So that means that 150 goes to 300, 450. Well, I wonder though, is it 450 or is it just 50 long? Because it's set in groups of 150. Uh, so maybe, maybe it's so. just stacked three tall and 50 long. Okay. That makes better sense. But now with the corona, they're not letting the, the prisoners from Rikers come down and do it because of the contamination factor. And and they are they brought in heavy equipment to dig the trenches and put the bodies in. And the, the people doing it are having to wear hazmat suits. Yeah, they're specially trained. Yeah, because we don't know... If you can still catch corona from someone who's passed on. I'm sure you can because the body is constantly... Um, Expelling things. Yes. So, what are they buried in? Um, they are buried in the... I don't want to say the cheapest, but it's the government ran. So, it's the mm-hmm. cheapest pine box you can get. Like, just nailed together pieces of pine plywood. Yep. And over... Fifty percent of the people buried there are children and babies. Yes, and their little their little boxes are like shoe boxes. Yeah, and they're actually buried in stacks five tall. Right, like they'll stack them up five, and it says in groups of a hundred. So I guess twenty long and five tall. So no, they, all, they can't see me moving my hands. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to point that out, but you know. I have in the past. Yeah. Um, so the people that are buried here, they're either unidentified and unclaimed, or the family can't afford burial. And so the the state buries them and buries them this way there. Or you can choose to be buried there. And I assume if you choose to be buried there, you can have like a casket and full funeral deal nah, a pine box yeah close um, to the shore now you mentioned cheapest pine box that we can get well this is an island erosion happens it does and they didn't start just on the interior of the island apparently burying people nope they went all the way to the edges well i'm pretty sure it wasn't the edges when they were burying them right, but it's the edges now and we are now finding bones. Yeah, the the people that work the island lovingly refer to it as Bone Beach. Yep. Because uh, the the waters, the waves are crashing and eroding the eroding, the land. And of course, the pine boxes and stuff have broken down on the older graves. And there's well, and bones. That's, that's not to even say that the older graves had a box. Right. They could have just buried them. Right. Um. So, yeah, and even I think they showed some pictures of, because I don't think they're burying them six feet down. No, it was a different video we were watching where it showed the, they circled the bones that you could see from the boat. Right, but I think they showed further inland there's also some bones that have come to the surface and stuff. So Just just from? From regular erosion and... Ground settling. Yeah, Um, Um, and I think... That either could be due to, like you said, maybe they didn't use boxes the whole time. Yeah. And I think, didn't we hear that FEMA had 
gave, gave the city of New York like 15 or 1.5 million dollars to fix the erosion problem. Yeah, to well or basically to go pick all the bones out and rebury them. Right. <laughs> Do something so that there's not bones falling out in the water. Right. Um because I mean if they fall out in the water they could be carried over and mm-hmm. end up on another beach and then someone's going to think, "Oh, well I just found a body." Right. Um and that could be a problem and you waste a lot of time and effort trying to solve a crime that didn't happen. So the families weren't even allowed to visit until 2015. Right. And now even to do that, you've got to prove you are a family member of someone who's buried there. Um, And they only let you go twice a month and they take you directly to the grave and directly back. And if you're a visitor, you are allowed, but you better have reservations. Yeah, and they, I think once a month, they let public visit. not right now because of corona, but they do let the public go in once a month. But when I say go in, they take you to a gazebo, you stand at the gazebo, and then you leave. That's it. Done. So, not a very good visit. Um, they didn't... St- they don't have burial records from further back than 1977. And so they've got 70,000 records, but the rest of the records were destroyed. Or, in my guess, never existed. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all about some conspiracy stuff today. <laughs> well, I mean, they say they were destroyed. Well, how were they destroyed? Was there a fire? Like, what, who was keeping the records? You know, like, I, I just don't, I don't buy it. Um, and you mentioned already that the the inmates aren't burying the COVID victims. Um, one of the videos we watched did kind of debate, like, why do we have a prison system over this island? It should be run, by, run and kept up by the city or the state or some other organization or body versus the Department of Corrections. This is run by the Department of Corrections. So we need to get somebody else over it so that they can open it to the public doors. I agree. Because <laughs> I need to go. Yep. And I need to not just go to a gazebo. Well, there's a couple of other islands there around New York that um, I kind of feel that we would enjoy. Yeah. It, but I think, like, because I would want to go. I understand that the buildings may not be safe, but I would like to go at least walk around the outside of the buildings, maybe peek in the doorway in the windows. Right. Um, do some ghost investigating, walk around the grounds. You know, like, I mean, there's there's not a lot there, but there's so much there. Like, there's probably only a handful of buildings. Yeah. But they're big, giant buildings. And there's no trees or anything on it. It's yeah, it's a very desolate, sad-looking island. Yeah. Um, of course, the video we saw may have been taken in the winter, too, so... Maybe it gets greener and prettier during the summer months, but um, oh, that was the other thing. You can't. No, that was a different island. Yeah, that's the other island <laughs> that you can't go unless it's freezing ass cold. Right. Um. But yeah, I I feel the need to go to this place. I don't know why, but it well, seems really interesting. I guess if we can shack up with Tammy and Regina, or if you have a family member buried there. You can take four guests. Call me. 
<laughs> there it is. She put it out there. We will go, and I will go with you to your family member's grave, and that will at least get me there. And we'll figure something else out from there to explore the rest. We'll bribe somebody or something. <laughs> like I got money. <laughs> so anything you want to add? No, I don't think so. Any uh, other happenings this week that um, you wanted to discuss? Yeah, well, we're Tuesday in, so mm-hmm. naturally I'm not happy with work, as always. Yeah, well, and I kind of meant like since oh. our last recording week, not just this week. Uh, our last recording was Thursday, right? I don't. I think yeah. we did it Wednesday, and it came out Thursday. No, if I did it Wednesday, it came out Wednesday. Well, late Wednesday night. Um. No, I don't think anything. Nothing interesting. No. My kid started band camp. Oh, my kid. Oh, my kid made the eighth grade volleyball team. Oh, I'm just now finding this out. Well, she just called me today while you were asleep. Oh, well, that's great. Yay. So, but here's the funny <laughs> thing. Tryouts were today. She's in Gatlinburg. Oh. So how did she make it? Well, did the coach tell her it's no, fine going? No, it's a funny thing because so they were going they had planned a trip to the beach, but then they found out bat, volleyball tryouts were that week so they canceled that trip. Well, then the coach had been exposed to someone with corona, so she was Quarantined. Quarantining for two weeks. Well, they went ahead and said, well, if she's not going to be there, there's no practice, so we'll, we can make a quick trip to Gatlinburg mm-hmm. for a, a quick vacation before school starts back. Well, right after they got done with that, they got an email saying, I know I'm quarantined for two weeks, but the assistant coach is going to carry on with tryouts. Oh. So Peyton called the coach and said, hey, we canceled our one vacation because of this. Because of, you know, volleyball. And then we were told that we were going to push volleyball tryouts back. So we planned another vacation. And Mama, Mama said, we're not canceling it. And it's, I mean, it's probably too close in where you can't get right refunds. So the coach said, well, you were at Open Gym. And I worked with you and I saw, you know, so we will count that as your tryout. Good. And um, she, and, you know, am I saying my kid's the greatest player? No, but she's not bad. And she's a very she's, coachable child. Yes, yeah, that's the word I was looking for was coachable. She listens to the coaches and actually practices it and learns from it instead yeah. of, I ain't got to listen to you and I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, she's Im- this improved year. a lot. She's been playing two, two years. years. This yep. will be year three. Um. Yes. And she's, I mean, she's improved a lot. Because we played travel ball, school ball, started travel ball, Corona. canceled, and now school ball. Yep. So this will be our third third run. And I don't think she's going to do travel ball next year. Hooray! So. I that, only hooray that. I, I don't mind going to the games. I enjoy watching volleyball more than any other sport probably. But it's expensive. Well, <laughs> not only that, but I kind of feel like we got took advantage of this year. We it cost me and her mama roughly what twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, for it, her to play travel ball and played two tournaments. We played two tournaments and did we get a kickback from that twenty eight hundred dollars? No, we did not. Mm-mm. And that twenty eight hundred dollars did not include the uniform or the shoes. 
or the knee pads. I think the they nothing. said that they might give you a break on next year's yeah, fees. That's horse poo. Yeah. That's a scam. They We got bamboozled. Yeah. So. We'll just play volleyball with her ourselves. Right. <laughs> so I guess we should do some, some housekeeping. 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 You want towel? We should just put that on there and so I don't say it every week. <laughs> All right. So our intro music and our outro music brought to you by the lovely and talented House of Curses. You'd say they're lovely, right? Uh, Josh is pretty <laughs> lovely, yes. Um, you can find our Facebook and Instagram where you will get notices if our show is late, which we're not this week, um, at WTF Was That Pod. However, we will be sharing the YouTube video and some Winchester pictures. So go check that out. WTF Was That Pod. And you can email us at WTFWTPodcast at gmail.com. So other than that, I, I think that's got us. So hit that button.